0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. You in Romans nine, I'm gonna overlap. I think a couple of verses that Barry already went over last week and did a good job of it, but I wanted to start here. And this is good news because as far as I know, none of us in this room are Jewish. You may have some traces of Jew, Jewishness in your heritage? You might, and there's rumors of that with some of you. I know that I've, I've heard that before, but as a whole, we were born into Gentile cultures, right? We weren't born into Jewishness. A Gentile is someone who was a non-Jew. That's it. Now remember, God's plan was to bring the Savior through the people whom he chose, who he called apart and set aside for himself, and they were the descendants of Abraham, right? The Jews, the Hebrews. So this is God now speaking to about the Gentiles, the non-Jews. This is good news for us. Look, concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, it's a book in the Old Testament immediately following Daniel. Those who were not my people. Someone say, not my people. Not my people. This is good. I will now call my people. <laughs> this is great news. This is real. Talked about good news tonight. I like to do that on Wednesday nights. But this is real good news. He says, those who weren't my people, I will now call my people. And I will love those whom I did not love before. Another translation is, I will love those who were unloved. You could say, man, were they not loved by God before? Look, I know what this translation says. I have not looked into the, the deeper, older languages of this. Sometimes in English we lose some of the meaning, but it's brilliant, it's beautiful, and we get the gospel message through our translations, but the original Greek there, I don't know exactly what that says. I did, not, I, I did not look into that, but I do know this. This is what Hosea said in the Old Testament. And one of the translations says, I've now loved or chosen to love the unloved. That covers a lot, doesn't it? You know, Scripture says love covers a multitude of sins. There's nothing like knowing that you're forgiven of a lot of stuff. I don't know where you stand on this, but I've been forgiven of a, lo- a lot of stuff. Scripture said whoever is forgiven much loves much. And that's why you got to remember that you've been forgiven of a lot. You've got to remember that. I don't want you all to think I'm neglecting you all if I don't look over there much tonight. I don't usually have people sitting in your usual Sunday morning section on a Wednesday night. So just know I love you all. I'm not forgetting you all, but I'm just not accustomed <laughs> to turning that that far on a Wednesday night. To be forgiven is so deep and so powerful and you as believers need to remember. I'm speaking to you as believers tonight. I believe everyone in this room has accepted Jesus as their Savior. I'm almost just certain. If not everybody, almost everybody. And I will tell you this. Even as believers, you need to remember you weren't born this way. You weren't born forgiven. Say, wait, well, there's been doctrines out there that say, well, everyone's forgiven. They just don't even need to confess their sins now. No, according to Scripture, even believers, 1 John chapter 1, right, need to confess their sins to the Lord. Now, when you first accept Jesus, the list is too long. Y'all know, right? Can you imagine if I had to confess every single sin before I accepted Jesus? I accepted Jesus at like seven. But up to that point, I'm sure I'd caused enough havoc in the world. I'd say, ask my mom, she's in heaven you could ask Dad. He just holds his cards close to his vest. So he, he may say, oh, no, Matt was all right. He was active. He was mischievous, whatever. But I, I sinned enough by that age, even though I was innocent, right? Who knows the age of accountability? I don't know what that age is exactly. But I know up to a certain age, if kids pass away, they just go to heaven. They don't know any better than the sins they're committing, the disrespect, the lying. So, hope oh, my kid doesn't lie. You need to stop lying. <laughs> my dad said this famously when I was growing up. He said, kids are liars. They are. Kids will protect themselves. Some kids will just walk up to you and lie. But that's okay. All right? I, th- there is covering for that. And once again, it's a good news. Here's the good news of the gospel. He says, I will now call those, those who are not my people, I will now call my people. That's you and me. Oh, this is a good reminder. This is powerful. I want you to get a hold of this tonight. I will now call those people who were not my people. I will call them mine. I will love those whom I did not love before. Another translation says I will love those who were unloved. Let's keep going. And then at the place where they were told you are not my people. Right. The whole world was standing in awe watching the Jews and their laws and going, wow, what a great nation. God has given them this moral code, and they have one God, and some people make fun of that. But historically, why would you need all these other gods if your one God is enough? He answers all prayers. I've studied Egyptian and Babylonian history lately, and it was confusing, baffling, and impossible to know. You know what the Egyptians did? Interesting people. I've always just had a fascination with them because of the pyramids and out in the desert, and all this interesting stuff, and the hieroglyphs. But the Egyptians would serve all these gods, and then they said at their death, they would weigh their heart against the feather of truth or justice. I don't remember. There's so many details. And if their heart was heavier than that certain special divine feather, then they would be sent to a realm where they would be condemned, our equivalent of hell. even know i don't even know how to dignify that with another with a response can you imagine you do the best you can but only the pure-hearted go to heaven according to even the egyptians but what was pure-hearted you served the gods just right you did everything just right and there was anubis and horus and atum and the king was the son of ra and then there was isis and then there was ra the sun god and it was just confusing and baffling and you just couldn't do it but now God says, no, those who were told you're not the people of God, there they will be called children of the living God. And God always had a more simplified way. You may look at the Old Testament and go, that's not simple. Yeah, but still, that was pointing out that without a Savior, oh, man, it's hard to get to God. It just is. The Old Testament just proves that God was laying, the, he was laying a foundation and a road to show us, man, we got to accept his sacrifice but i going to can you imagine the old testament's way 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 more lined out and way less confusing than these folks who had to serve all these gods oh we got to go to the goddess of fertility we need help there we need to conceive oh no we need this is this is the god of the harvest oh and that that same god who's the goddess of fertility um ishtar she's uh, also the goddess of pride okay so i, I don't know what do you pray to a God with a little G about, about pride. I don't know what that's for. And then uh, well, you got to pray to this one, the sun God. Oh, no, then there's the moon God. And then there's their children. Have you ever read mythology and some of the stuff? It's baffling and confusing. I'd rather just be a child of the living God, the one God. Even in ancient Egypt, they called them the followers of the one God. They thought that was so strange, the one God. They were like, one God? I remember a movie years ago? Who knows if this was said, it's not in scripture, but when, do you remember when Joseph was sold into slavery and Potiphar acquired him, his master, and Potiphar in the movie, I believe it was Ben Kingsley, he said, huh, what a poor people who only has one God. But in my mind, it sounds ridiculous to need so many gods to take care of all your needs. God called us to be children of the living God. Would you tell me why it's good news that you are a child of the living God now? What does that mean to you? You don't have to comment. You could give one word. You could give a sentence. Why is it so amazing that we're children of the living God? Oh, wow. What a simple, beautiful answer. We're no longer separated from him, our creator. What else? Why is it so important that you be a child of the living God? Why is it such a big deal? Mm -hmm. To live forever. You know, a lot of people, especially a lot of modern folks in America, I can speak for Americans because We're all Americans in here. But Americans many times don't think about their eternity until they're sick or they're about to die. We need to think about that now because it's one of our lifelong needs to know where am I going to spend eternity, right? So eternity. Why else? Why is it important that we be called children of the living God, which you are once you accept Jesus? Why is that so important? Why else? I know there's some other good answers in here. Hmm, Authority over Satan. Scripture says Satan... Was the God of this world and he had everybody enslaved. Why? Because Adam gave him the keys to the kingdom. Adam, not Eve. Eve messed up big time too, but Adam gave the keys to the kingdom because the authority had been given to them and it was given away. You say, Well, they did it as a pair. We could talk about that all day, but okay, Adam and Eve did it. But we had you had you were had to be born basically and serve Satan. <laughs> oh, that is that is. Really bad to have to serve the father of lies. Why else is it so important to be children of the living God? So he gave us authority over the enemy. Why else? (laughs) is? Adrian says all other gods are dead. You can check tombs of prophets. You can check if their bones are still there and haven't disintegrated. It's further proof that our God's alive. You cannot find the bones of Jesus. You can't. He's gone on. They've tried to disprove it. They've tried to do hoaxes and they've tried to lie. And your God lives. And it's amazing that, look, and that's a self-explanatory statement right there. Children of the living God, you you serve. Why is that a benefit? Because he's alive and talks to us still. That's powerful. That's a good answer. (laughs) All the other gods are dead. (laughs) And, and I love how God talks so bad about idols in the Old Testament and mocks them. Say, so now their people are going into captivity and their gods are going with them. <laughs> oh, you got to, st- what is it, Isaiah? Oh, you got to hold the God so it doesn't fall over. It said, how foolish is this guy? He engraves a God out of wood and bows to him and says, oh, you did all this for me. And then he cuts the rest of the wood and throws it in the fire and burns it. Why Why is it such a big deal that we would be called children of the living God? Anybody else? You can answer twice if you want, but anybody else? Why is that a big deal? Children of the living God. From the world? Mm-hmm. A, a what? Mm-hmm. You get to be separate from the world, meaning... When the world's going down a crazy path, you don't have to do what they're doing. So there's no hope. Look, that's the only way to go. That's obviously not. Scripture says broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the pathway that leads to life. It's different. It's more challenging in other ways. But Scripture also says the way of the sinner is hard. They have no peace all the way to hell itself and that is terrible that's why you got to share your faith and share the gospel so you said separate from this world and also an inheritance yes we're privileged because we get what god said if we will really walk in it believe and do what he said obey him you get all the things he promised anybody else and then i'll move on yes ma'am powerful b says children of the living god have hope for every situation. I know we've all, even as believers, sometimes you get to a situation where you despair or you feel discouraged or you feel a little hopeless, but it's usually passing, isn't it? When you encourage yourself in the Lord like David did when Ziklag was burned in the Old Testament, say, no, God is good, man. He's faithful. I was talking to somebody today. I said, God's always taking care of you, always. Here you are. Sometimes you say, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to pay this. I don't know how we're going to do this. God says, I got you. Just serve me. I'll take care of it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Powerful. Anything else, you can answer twice if you want to, but you don't have to answer at all. All right. Children of the living God, a place of privilege, inheritance, separate from the world. Wow, all these great answers. (laughs) <laughs> and you get to serve a living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. Does anyone know why? They refused to serve God. One, one particular verse in the Old Testament says, They did not serve the Lord gladly. Make sure you never fall into that category. Oh, I serve God, but boy, we used to have so much more fun in the world. No, you don't. You have, short, you have a short-term memory.
1: Oh, we had so much fun in the world.
0: Did you? There's a lot of misery that goes with that. Sin, sin is pleasurable for a season, but it has a time limit. Someone say it has a time limit. It expires. You guys ever had one? Of you, As a teacher, did you have one of them annoying things in class, the, the buzzer? Did you ever have one of those? Do you remember the little thing, and the little timer? You turn it, and they would go, okay, you got 10 minutes to take this test. I remember our teacher would do that thing, and you're sweating and trying to, Oh uh, Well, same way with sin, it has has a timer on it. Sin is pleasurable for a season. Scripture says that Moses wasn't fooled by that. He knew that that wasn't lasting. He needed a relationship with God. That's why he became one of the greats of all time, because he knew that, man, I could have everything in Pharaoh's court. He was adopted by Pharaoh's family. But he knew sin had a time limit on it. And here, look at this the Israelites, only a remnant would be saved because they refused to serve God. It's not worth it. For the Lord will carry out His sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. God will always bring judgment. He's a God of love. But in His love, He brings judgment and punishment. People say, well, why would would a parent punish a child or discipline a child? Because they love them. They want to protect them. Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of Heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. We currently believe that the likely site of Sodom and Gomorrah is right around the Dead Sea and it's the lowest place on earth. I believe it's 1,200 feet below sea level and it feels weird there to me. I mean, I don't even mean, oh, I felt demons or whatever, which we got in the the Dead Sea and Man, it just plop you up. You're so buoyant. It's so salty. You could just float. You don't even have to know how to swim. You just float. It's crazy. It's like being in just brine and all these signs. Don't drink the water. It may kill you or something. You know, you have to go to the hospital, get your stomach pumped. But it felt weird to me because it was so low physically. It's like it, I don't know if it was so dry there, but I enjoyed the experience, but I felt kind of, I don't know how you felt, man. I felt a little sick, me personally. That was just me. I just felt, ugh. It was so dry, not far from Qumran. It was right over. I just felt dry. I don't think everybody else felt it, but I kind of felt a headache. I don't know if it was the minerals in the air. I don't know what it was. But Sodom and Gomorrah, that could be the likely spot, the lowest place on earth with no outlet there for the water to ever leave. It's just low. It's right in that area, Sodom and Gomorrah. There's no trace of it left. Wow. Let's go on. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to... Uh, to follow God's standards, so the world, apart from the Jews, they they didn't know about the law and all this. They weren't trying to follow God's standards. They were made right with God. This is good news for us. And it was by what? Faith that this took place. God had to simplify it. And What's interesting, though, is before the law, Abraham was made right with God how? Through the law? No, by faith. Because the law hadn't been written out yet. Moses wrote that out. But the eternal law was, believe I am who I say that I am. That was always God. Believe that I am, like the New Testament says, and that I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek, seek me. So it's through faith that Gentiles are made right with God. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law, what? The Apostle Paul said, in his amazing inspiration from the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, he said, the law only did, it did something. It, I knew the law, and it's it something inside me died because I knew that I could not fulfill it all. And he, 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 by his own admission, he was a Jew of Jews. He was born as a pure-blooded Jew. The tribe, I believe, who was Paul? The tribe of, was he the tribe of Benjamin? I believe. If I got that wrong, forgive me. I think he was the tribe of Benjamin. He was a pure-blooded Jew, and he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Jew of Jews, and he said, "As for zeal, I persecuted the church ignorantly I didn't know <laughs> but he said, "Man, the law pointed out how sinful I was. The law reminded me that I was a sinner and it helped. he he basically said it, it's almost like it enabled me to keep on sinning <laughs> that's that's so so interesting. The people of Israel tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law. Never succeeded. The law just said, here's how sinful you are. You can't make it to God's standard. And many of the people who followed the law, I believe believe they're in heaven today. But man, it was a tough road. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. You as modern believers, please, please, please always remember you're right with God by faith. And when you're right with God and know you're right with God, then you live like you're right with God. That's holiness. So you're righteous, you're right with God, and when you truly know that you're right with God, you don't have to struggle for it anymore. You can live like you're right with God, and that's holiness. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in Him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. (laughs) Stumbling block. God warned them of this in the Scripture when He said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble. A rock that makes them fall. I think I'm going to end it right here. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Why would, why would it talk about the rock and give, give it a pronoun, a male pronoun? Him. Who's him? Jesus, the stumbling stone, the cornerstone. Scripture says if you fall on him, kneel, fall before him, give up everything for him. You fall on that rock, it'll break you. But if you wait for the rock to fall on you in judgment, it'll crush you to powder. I'd rather fall on the rock and be broken. Maybe one day in heaven we can ask Jacob about that. He walked away from meeting with God with a limp. Someone said years ago, they said, man, I think it was a preacher, more entertaining preacher, more exciting preacher than me probably said, I don't don't remember who it was. He said, man, I don't trust people who don't have a limp. He said, I want to meet people who have met with God. And it left them marked forever. A rock that makes them fall. Anyone who trusts in Him, though, will never, ever, ever be disgraced. Remember, the Lord said in the Old Testament, and Scripture confirms Scripture, He says, my people will never be ashamed. When you humble yourself before God, you have nothing to hide from Him. You're not worried about what the world thinks. You will never be ashamed. He will always take care of you. Let's pray tonight. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It's your word. It's not mine. You're not a man that you should lie. Now, Father, before I speak a blessing over the people and we're dismissed tonight, I want to give the opportunity to accept Jesus. If there's anyone in this house or at the sound of my voice on the live stream or on the recording, if you've never accepted Jesus, please, I believe now is your time. Is there anyone in this house who has never, ever, ever accepted Jesus? Would you raise your hand? And I'm going to pray with you. God bless y'all. God bless you, man. You say, "Man, I want to do it this time." Let's pray. I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me as family. Say, "Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me." Life has proven. Say it again. Say, "Life has proven." that I can't live without you. It's terrible without you. I'm coming home, Lord. Please forgive me of my sin. I can't save myself. You will take care. Say that again. Say, you will take care of the sin problem if I just believe. Say this with me tonight. Say, I believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and he died and rose again. I believe that I'm saved by your promise and by the blood of Jesus. You're my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, let me just pray a blessing over you. Father, thank you for your people tonight, and what you're doing in their lives. Protect them. Be with them. Make the crooked places straight. Close doors so that no one can open them and open doors and that no one can shut, like you you promised King Cyrus, Lord God, in Isaiah 45. We thank you that your hand of mercy, grace, blessing, and protection is over us. We thank you and honor you tonight. May your people have a great rest of the week, leading all the way up to Sunday. In Jesus' mighty name.